The following audio is from the Grove Church Snohomish campus. For more information about our church or to listen to previous sermons, check out our website at grove.church. There we go. Hey, good morning, Grove Church. Hey, you made it to the last Sunday of 2018. I am proud of you. Good work. Uh, My name is Andrew, and uh, today we're going to be wrapping up our series called Spread the Cheer. Um, And so if you have a Bible, you can turn to Luke chapter 2 and verse 28 is where we're going to be picking it up today. Um, I want to highlight just a couple things happening within our church. One of them I've highlighted a few times already. I want to uh, take a few more minutes on it, and that is um, our Bible reading plan. As we're two days away from starting a brand new year, I believe one of the best things that you can do as a Christ follower is to take in the Word of God every single day. In fact, the Bible tells us to do that. It says to meditate on the Word day and night. So do not let this law depart from you, but meditate on it day and night. And so just want to encourage encourage you out in the lobby today. You can grab uh, this cool little pamphlet, and it just is a daily Bible reading every single day. If you follow along with it, by the end of the year, 2019, you have read the entire Bible in a year. And so I don't know if you've ever done this in your walk with Christ, but uh, to be honest with you, this is very new to me. I have never read through the Bible um, in its entirety in a year, but I've, I've made it a discipline in my life the past three years to do this. And so Tomorrow will be my last day of the reading, and this will be my third year in a row of reading the entire Bible in a year. And so I want to encourage you to do this with me. Uh, one of the cool things that we can do as a church is actually read the Bible together on the Version app, and I put it out on Facebook this week, and I'll do it again tomorrow. You can actually join a group with all of us that are a part of this campus and read the Bible together. You can actually even make highlights and notes, and we can share content with one another and encourage one another as we read the Bible. Bible every single day. And so I just want to encourage you, whether you're a young person or you're a senior, that one of the best things that you can do, I really believe this, is to read the Bible every single day. It's about three chapters a day. It tells you what to read. And literally by the end of the year, you would have completed the whole Bible um, in, in one year. So I encourage you to do that, whether it's through the app or if you like the hard copy you can do that. Another thing that we're gearing up for is life groups. You heard about in the video. In just a couple weeks, we're launching, looks like about nine different life groups that are gonna be meeting in homes all throughout the communities. You'll be hearing more about that, especially in the weeks to come. Wanna encourage you to consider uh, joining a life group. Well, today as we wrap up uh, the series Spread the Cheer, I really want to talk about light and darkness. I want to talk about really the world that we live in today, which I really believe is a very dark world. Before we do that, though, let me just highlight a couple things just for the Christmas season for my family. Uh, We had an awesome Christmas. I have two daughters, Lydia's three and a half and June is one. And so Christmas in my house is super fun because my kids are really small. Every time Lydia opened up a gift, she would open it and then she would look at it and go, thank you, mommy and daddy. It was the cutest thing ever. And then my sweet little June bug, man, she just was going crazy. Uh, She opened up this one gift that is like a little... Uh, almost like a little jack-in-the-box type of thing where you turn it, and it was like a little Minnie Mouse thing. And so uh, she would open that, and we would turn it for her, and then it would pop up, and she goes, ooh. You know, so it was super fun. So June is a really sweet little girl, but she will mean-mung you. So uh, my family's not here today. They're not feeling well. But for some reason, she's gained this habit of scowling at people. And so you'll say, hey, hi, little June. And she'll go, 
You know, so we put our eyebrows together. So she really is a nice person. We're thinking about giving her back. Um, but for the most part, she, uh, she makes our, our life pretty fun. Uh, but one of the funnest things that we do as a family around Christmas time, and maybe you do the same because you have little kids, but, you know, little kids are just so wild by the lights on people's houses, you know. And so Christmas lights or any lights in our neighborhood. And so, you know, before Christmas and even, you know, after Christmas, as just a little fun tradition, we'll get, ho- you know, hot cocoa and cookies and we'll drive around neighborhoods and you know you notice a difference like some neighborhoods they go all out you know you drive into a neighborhood you're like oh my word wow uh, one of the neighborhoods is Patrick and Jennifer's we were in their neighborhood for a Christmas party a few weeks ago and one neighbor which was awesome man decked out his, his entire house and then on the on the peak of his roof he had like you know drawn out on, on some type of thing he made you know happy birthday Jesus I'm like dude yeah that guy's awesome uh, and then you know some neighborhoods they don't do anything uh, there's a neighborhood near where we live where this guy goes all out. I mean, I'm talking all out. It's probably over 10,000 lights, maybe more than that. I could be wrong, but, it, but he's, he's crazy. And he, he not only goes all out on his, on his house, but he, he buys a radio station, you know, it's like 104.3 or whatever. And so you drive into his neighborhood, you, you turn your radio station to his music that he's created and the music is all synchronized with his lights and it's his grand show and he takes, you know, donations for the food bank. It's crazy. There's lines around the street to see this guy's house or all LED and he has a little intro on there. He's like, you know, welcome to my 2018 Christmas show. This year I've used, and he describes how many lights he use and it's amazing it's like all these different Christmas songs and you know all these lights going off and so we brought Lydia through that this year and she was mesmerized I mean she was like wow daddy that's a lot of lights, you know? It's just so, super fun. And even last night, we were running an errand together and she sees all the lights and she's like, ooh, lights, you know? And so it's just, it's awesome looking at lights and, and showing the kids all the fun lights. But at a time where things are, are really cold, even the past couple of days, really wet, it's, uh, the, the days are very short, daylight, it's, it's very, very minimal. It gets dark around 4 p.m. It's super cool to drive around neighborhoods and see all these different houses light up and light up the streets and light up you know, the neighborhoods and light up the, the public streets. It's just a cool vision of what light can do. And light has a deeper meaning for you and I as Christ followers. It's not just Christmas lights and lights at display, but light means something much bigger to the believer. Light, light has a way of illuminating things. Light brings vision. Light also helps us see, and light dispels darkness. And so light for the Christian believer is much different than just, oh, they're beautiful and pretty. These small little twinkling lights and these lights that we see in neighborhoods actually have a deeper meaning. They point to a greater light, the light of the world, that being Jesus Christ. And as we come to this last Sunday of the year and things are about to go dark, okay? We're gonna go through New Year's and then it's gonna be winter, it's gonna be cold, it's gonna be rainy, things are gonna go dark, all the lights are gonna come down. I think it's important to remind you of the importance of our light and what God calls us to do with our lives in fighting darkness. One of the things that I think is not very popular to preach about is this very topic. And that is that we live in a dark world. There is darkness. 
There is good and there is evil. There is light and there is darkness. And it's important for us to remind ourselves of the power of what darkness can do, but also even greater, what the power of light can do. After the birth of Jesus Christ, his parents have him dedicated in the temple. And there's two prophets in Luke, Simeon and Anna, and they respond to Jesus in pretty significant ways. The most famous one that is usually read around Christmas is uh, the words from Simeon. We're gonna pick it up here in Luke 28. It says, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And we hear this text a lot around Christmas about Simeon, and it's kind of like a cute little story. I mean, Simeon is an old man, Okay, and it's, you know, when we think about this, like, oh, this sweet little old man, you know, took baby Jesus into his, his arms and, you know, maybe he raised him up like Simba and Lion King. I don't know. And he took little baby Jesus in his arms and he's just like, oh, sweet baby Jesus. You're so cute. I just want to kiss you, you know. It's like, so sweet little Jesus, right? Took him up in his arms and, and then what does he say? He basically says, like, God, I'm good to die now because I, I've seen salvation. He's basically prophesying about who Jesus is going to become. He says, I've seen salvation. This is the person who will die for humankind. I've seen salvation, and I've now seen the way that Gentiles, you and I are Gentiles, non-Jewish descent. I see now the way that the Gentiles are going to come into the family of God. And so I'm basically good to die now, God. This is what Simeon's saying. It's just this sweet little picture. And we're like, oh man, Simeon. I want to be like Simeon when I grow up. I want to be like old and gray and take baby Jesus and be like, oh Jesus, you're so cute. And, and, and a lot of times we just focus on this portion of what Simeon says. But I want you to hear what else Simeon says, sweet old Simeon, what else he, he says about Jesus. If we, if we read on, which we usually don't, we usually stop there, but if we read on, I want you to hear what he truly says about Jesus. Yes, Jesus is gonna bring salvation to the Gentiles. Yes, now Simeon feels like he can depart and die now that he's seen salvation. But, but listen to what he finally says. He says, the child's father and mother marveled as what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother. Catch this. This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Everyone say, ouch. All right, let's pray for God's word today. God, I thank you for the final Sunday of 2018. God, we're so thankful for all the blessings, for your grace, for your favor upon our lives. But I pray today, God, we will be reminded that, Lord, there is light and there is darkness, God. God, there is a battle going on, and maybe it's not a popular message. Maybe we don't want to really think about the idea of good versus evil. But I pray today our hearts will be reminded of the importance of our light and what we're supposed to do about it, God. I thank you and praise you in your good name. Amen. So he says, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel 
and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Simeon is prophesying that Jesus is not just bringing peace, but also a sword. This is a reminder for you and I today that there is a battle going on every single day of our lives. It's not a battle against neighbors. Bible says it's not a battle against flesh and blood. It's not a battle against slow drivers on the freeway, okay? It's not a battle against your spouse or your rebellious kids. It's not a battle against your boss and them treating you unfairly. It's not a battle of, you know, all the home issues that you have and all the projects that you need to get done. It's not a battle of flesh and blood, but it's a battle in the spiritual realm. It is a battle between good and evil. It is a battle between light and darkness. It is a battle between God and the devil. And I want to encourage you today to think that it does not exist is the very thing that the devil wants you to believe. To think that there's no darkness to think that everything is just good, to think that everyone's just going to heaven, to think that there's no problems and no issues and that we can just put blinders on and love each other and be good to each other and all will work out in the end is not correct theology for the Christian believer. We cannot deny that there's darkness. We cannot deny that there's a devil. In fact, if you want to read more about the spiritual realm and spiritual warfare, I'm going to encourage you to read a very powerful book. It's called The Screwtape Letters. C.S. Lewis wrote a powerful book called The Screwtape Letters. And here's what the book is about. It's kind of eerie and a little creepy, but it's about a, a, a head demon teaching his nephew demon about how to work in the minds and hearts of people on earth. And C.S. Lewis kind of gives this analogy in these different stories of what you can do to human beings to get them distracted and away from knowing who God is and knowing what their power of the light can do inside them. I'm gonna read you just one little section from this. And I, again, I encourage you to read it if you love to read. I love reading. And these, these books have been really instrumental in my life. This is what C.S. Lewis says in one section. Again, you got to put your head in a place of uh, one head demon telling another head demon these words. It does not matter how small the sins are, provided that their cumulative effect is to edge the man away from the light and out into nothing. Murder is no better than cards if cards can do the trick. Indeed, the safest road to hell is the gradual one, the gentle slope the soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signposts. See, what C.S. Lewis is getting you and I to start thinking about is the way to get ourselves believing that there's no darkness, to get ourselves believing that there's no devil, to get ourselves thinking that there's no spiritual battle going on is exactly what the devil wants you to think. And the gradual slope to finding ourselves in places of patterns of sin or on our, on our way to living a life that in some ways is hellish is this, this gradual kind of, you know, suspicious, secretive, kind of, oh, well, you know, what, you know, que sarah, sarah, whatever it may be, will be. And all of a sudden, what we realize is a gradual slope of edging our lives more and more and more away from the light of Christ, away from his true plan in our lives lives away from his purposes and his destiny for our lives. That is exactly what the enemy wants you to do. 
I want you to hear this today. What the enemy would love to do is to tear apart your marriage. He would love for you to get addicted on a substance. He would love for you to have infidelity in your marriage. He would love for you to cheat on your taxes. He would love for you to steal from your boss. He would love to do whatever he can in small ways and in big ways to pull you away from the light of Christ and the plan that God has for you. And on the last Sunday of the year, I want you to leave today being reminded that there is a resistance, there is a battle, there is a battle going on for you, there's a battle going on for your family members, there's a battle going on for every person you see on this planet, and someone will choose. They will either choose God and his plan for their life, or they will choose the devil and his plan for their life, but you cannot be standing in the neutral ground like Switzerland. You must choose good or evil, and there is a true battle going on. The Bible teaches this. See, John 3.16, such a powerful scripture. Everyone knows John 3.16. No one reads the four verses later. Let's read John 3.16. We all know it. Here it is. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And you're like, yes, God so loved me and you that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him will have eternal life. That's the gospel. That's the message. Let's go home. Let's keep reading here. It says, God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Let's keep reading here. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. Okay, here's one you'll never hear be preached about except for on the last Sunday of the year. Here it is, ready? And the judgment is based on this fact. We just read that he loved the world, but it's based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but what? But people love the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it, for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. Wow, how many of you knew John 3, 16? Go ahead and raise your hand for me. Everybody, right? Most everyone in this room knows John 3.16. How many knew John 19? Yeah, very few people. Why? Because it's not popular. It's not popular to tell you that people, that God came to give his light, that God came to give his son, his only begotten son to save us from our sins. And yet people, rather than choosing the light of Christ, would rather choose darkness. They would rather choose to live a sinful life than choose to live a godly life. And here, right here, we see this battle going on. People will love darkness more than light. Romans 1 also teaches us this, that people will worship created things rather than the creator. Don't worry, it gets, it gets way more encouraging. Now let me give you the, the last verse that is so awesome to end the year on. Ready? This is Luke 6.22 talking about light and darkness. Luke 6:22 says This is just going to get you all excited about the new year. 6:22 What blessings await you? These are Jesus's words, not mine, so you can be mad at him. What blessings await you when people hate you? Yes, and exclude you? Awesome. And mock you? 
yes, and curse you as evil because you follow the Son of Man. When that happens, be happy. Yes, leap for joy for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember their ancestors treated them, treated the ancient prophets that same way. Happy New Year! Yes! Woo! It's going to be awesome in 2019. Yahoo! What awesome verses to end the year on. Yes! What's Jesus saying to us today? What's his scripture reminding us today? He's saying that if you are a Christ follower, if you're going to live for Jesus in 2019, at least four things, or not more than four things, are going to happen to you. Number one, people are just going to hate you. Yes! I love when people hate me. No, but seriously, as a Christ follower in 2019, you will not be liked. I want to tell you this right now. There will be people that will not like you because you place your faith in Jesus Christ. And Jesus said it over 2,000 years ago that people would hate you, that people would hate me for putting our faith in Jesus. What else does he say? They're going to hate us. They're going to exclude us. Anybody like to be excluded? No. There's not a single person in here that wants to be left out, that wants to be treated differently, that wants to be treated with prejudice. That's exactly what Jesus is saying. Not only are people going to hate you for putting faith in Jesus Christ, there are gonna be times where you're not invited, where you're not included, where you don't wanna be around. And here's why, you know why? Because Christians are not fun. They're not fun. You know why Christians are not fun? Because Christians don't get wasted on alcohol on the weekend and not remember they were the night before. Because Christ followers are called to live with purity in relationships. Because Christ followers think about what they say before they say them. And none of those things are fun in our world today. You want to be popular and you want to have a lot of friends? Don't be a Christ follower. I'm telling you. You want to be the party, the, the person that's popular in school and everyone to like you and you have a big old pop, don't be a Christ follower because if you're being a true Christ follower, you will not be liked and you're going to be excluded a lot. I'm telling you, you have to understand the power of what Jesus is saying. They're going to hate us. They're going to exclude us. They're going to mock us. Does it get better yet? No, it doesn't. They're going to mock us. They're going to make fun of our faith. They're going to think Christianity is a joke. They're going to wonder why you came to church on the last day of the year when you could have slept in. They're going to wonder why you chose to read a Bible reading plan in 2019. Why you choose to be a witness to your family. They're going to wonder why you don't gamble, why you don't this, why you don't do that, why this, why that. They're going to mock you. They're going to mock you in subtle ways. They're going to mock you on Facebook. They're going to say you're, religious, you're a religious nut. You're this or that. You do this. You're so boring. You're this. Oh, I didn't want you, I didn't want you to come to this because I knew that you wouldn't like. They're going to mock you in whatever ways they want to mock you. Make fun of it. Joke about it. Be sarcastic about it. In public, in private, in whatever way, they're going to mock what you believe. You will not be liked. You will not be included you will be mocked for believing in faith in Jesus. And last you, they're gonna curse. They're gonna curse you. They're gonna speak negative about you. You're not only gonna be mocked and, and excluded, 
They're gonna make fun of your faith and gonna curse your name because you follow the son of man. And Jesus says, be happy about it. Leap for joy about it. Be happy because what they did to me and what they did to the prophets, they're gonna do to you and there's great joy in that. See, it's about to go dark, my friends. And Christianity in the first century recognized and understood that following Christ was never going to be an easy road. There was going to be persecution. There was going to be mocking. There was going to be insults. There was going to be exclusion. There was going to be hatred. And evil was going to get in the way of them spreading the light of Christ. And yeah, it's not popular. In fact, no one wants to hear this because no one wants to be reminded of how dark our world is. But I'm here to tell you today, we live in the Pacific Northwest, still today, the third unchurched and unreached state of all of the United States. And we live in a cynical, dark, political place where people hate God and, and choose darkness over light. Time and time again, our world and our society and our culture here in the Northwest chooses darkness way more than they choose light. And so what are you gonna do about it? What about you? See, Jesus says you and I are called to be the salt and the light of the earth. And what happens is when we live in a state like this and we live in a culture like this, you know what my tendency is to do? My tendency is to sometimes shriek back. Right? I mean, because of fear, because of insecurity, because of, of, of worry, because of the insult, because of the mocking. My, my tendency is just want to like hide and, and just kind of protect my family and don't let the world in and don't let unbelievers in. And what I want to do is I just kind of want to just stand back here and, and hide away from everything and just keep, keep my family in, in this like bubble here. I mean, that's just what our tendencies are to do. It's like, man, man, the infiltration of evil in our world and our public school system. And man, it's just so dark and people are so evil. And so we're just gonna hide and we're gonna shrink back and we're gonna put our family you know, and protect. I'm telling you right now, that is opposite of what Jesus calls you and I to do. He calls us to engage. He calls us to get offensive. He calls us to stand. He causes us to rise. He calls us to spread our light. He does not call us to shrink back. He calls us to push down the gates of hell. Are you hearing me today? He calls us to stand up and to stand for truth and to stand for morality and to stand for godliness, even when it's hard. He told us it was gonna be hard. He told us it wasn't gonna be easy. He told us there's gonna be difficulty and pain and hatred and mocking and exclusion. And yet he still told us, I want you to stand as my light of the world. I want you to stand as my beacon of hope in the world. I want you to stand as a person of compassion and mercy and grace in the world, even though it's gonna be hard. Yeah, even though your kids are gonna get bullied and made fun of in school, stand for the light of Christ. Yeah, even when people are gonna challenge your relationships, stand for the light of Christ. I'm telling you guys, this is a powerful thing for us to get our heads wrapped around. The very thing the devil would want you to do is to hide. The very thing the devil will want you to do is to shrink back. The very thing the devil will want you to do is to believe that there's not a battle. But I'm here to tell you, 
There's victory in Jesus. He's won the battle. We know the end of the story. And we call, he calls us today in this hour and in this year and the next year to be his light and salt and to stand. So where, I want you to ask, answer this question today as we kind of wrap up this message today. Where, where is God calling you to spread his light? Where? I want you to think about this here. And if you go, man, I don't, I don't know where. Okay, then think about this. Where is it mostly dark? Just think for a second practically. Where is it mostly dark? Where do you see darkness? Well, what is darkness? Where do you see pain? Where do you see struggle? Where do you see agony? Where do you see fear? Where do you see hopelessness? Where do you see disappointment? Where do you see heartache? Now watch this. Go there. Go there. Go there. You go there. I go there. Where do we see heartbreak? Where do we see loss? Where do we see people unraveling? Go there. Place your life there. Find those people and be in the midst there. Because your little light in the midst of all of that darkness will shine all the brighter. Go there. Where is God calling you to spread his light? You know, I, I don't know. Okay, then answer that question. Where is it dark? Where do you see darkness? Is it in your neighborhood? You know, this neighbor's struggling with that and this neighbor's struggling that. Go there, visit them. Well, they don't like me. Well, then bring their garbage can to their front door and tell them thank you. Do something to spread light to them because your little light is a powerful beacon of hope because you and I are the light of the world. Number two here, expect opposition. Expect it. Expect there to be discomfort. Expect there to be unfair treatment. I love when pastor says, don't worry when you are being persecuted. Worry when you are not. Don't worry when you're being persecuted. Worry when you are not. It is not going to be easy. You go to public school and you are a believer and you put your faith in Christ here today, I'm telling you, expect opposition. Expect to be uncomfortable. Expect for it to be hard because most of your friends don't believe or want to believe what you believe. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't stand and be a light in your school. Expect opposition. And then stand firm. Ephesians 6. This is great battle language. Reminds us why we're here and what we're doing. Ephesians 6, very powerful, powerful passage of scripture. A final word, Paul says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you may be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. There's the battle. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly realms. Hello, there's a battle going on. Paul just said it. There's a battle going on for every person on this planet. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you're able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. I love this. Stand your ground. 
battle words, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith, stop the fiery arrows of the devil, battle words. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God right here. And pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. What is Paul saying? Get alert, wake up. There's a battle going on and we're called to stand. And we don't stand with with fleshly weapons. We stand with the word of God in our heart and the spirit of God living inside of us. Stand firm, my friend. Stand firm and be his light. See, every time we come to the end of the year, a lot of people talk about goals. Man, I want, I want to write goals. I want to write down you know, thoughts or things I want to do in 2019. And in, in light of this message, I started thinking about just some, some goals that you could write down as you go back and enter the battle once again. These are just some things I thought about. What about having a goal that you're going to win more people for Christ in 2019 than you ever have in your life? Not, not bring them to church. That doesn't win people to Christ. You winning people for Christ with your faith and your story and your example. You go, well, in 2018, how many people did you win to Christ? Uh, zero. Okay, well, I'm gonna win one then in 2019. Or I'm gonna win two, or I'm gonna win five. What about having that as a goal? Because that's the battle we're trying to fight for. For every person, every child, every family member to come and put their faith in the loving grace of Jesus Christ because God loved them so much. What, what, what about a goal of, man, I'm gonna be bold in my neighborhood about what I believe and why I believe it. I live in a condo or a duplex or a house, but I'm gonna be bold about what I believe and I'm gonna find creative ways in 2019 to reach out to my neighbors in ways I've never done before. That's a great goal for spreading the light of Christ in a dark world. Started thinking about this here. As we think about this, this darkness, I started thinking in my, in, in my head as I was writing this message, what, what are you and I going to do about this darkness? We, we can, number one, we can act like it doesn't exist. We can totally you know, play that like, oh, it's not really real. There's not really a battle. God's love and everyone's gonna, he's gonna win in the end. That's not theology. We can, we can stay silent, like I said, we can shrink back and hide and, and, and let this, the world fall apart and act like that's being light. It's not. We, we can stay neutral. I said that before. Well, I'm not gonna, I don't wanna be the person at my job or in my neighborhood that ruffles the feathers. I don't wanna cause conflict. I don't want there to be problems. I'm gonna keep the peace. That's really not being a peacemaker. Or we can stand firm and we can spread his light. As the worship team's waking their, making their way up, there's a song I sing to my little daughter when I put her to bed, famous old kid song. It goes like this. It goes, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, right? And there's a really powerful, powerful section in the song. Do you remember it? It goes, hide it under a bush. Oh, no. I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bush. Oh, no. I'm going to let it shine. God doesn't call us to hide our light. God doesn't call us to be ashamed of our faith. God doesn't call us to act, to act as if we have to be ashamed of what we believe. God calls you and I 
to spread his light, to be his hope, to be his ambassador, to be the source of good in our world. And so I wanna challenge you today, as you come into 2019, I'm gonna challenge you, be bold in your faith in 2019. Realize that there is a battle going on that, that it may not be seen with our physical eyes, but it's happening in the spiritual realm. There's a battle going on for every person. And I wanna encourage you to see people in that way. I want you to see people the way God sees in that he gave his life for them. He loved the world so much that he gave his only son. And so you gotta be that light. You gotta be that hope. You gotta be that answer for people in your world, in your community, in your neighborhood, in your workplace. Let me pray for you today. God, I just thank you so much today that we don't, we don't war against flesh and blood, God. We don't war against each other, God. We don't even war against people who we think are our enemy, God. We have one enemy. There is one resistance, and that, that is the devil and his demons. And today, God, we proclaim and we thank you that there is victory in the name of Jesus, that Jesus has won the victory, that when he died and rose again, he conquered death, sin, and the grave. And then he unleashed the most powerful mission and the most powerful force, and that is us, your church. And so I pray today, God, for those of us who have maybe been shrinking back and hiding, for those of us who think that's an answer, I pray, God, courage and boldness would rise in our hearts. I pray, God, passion and excitement would rise in our hearts that 2019, we're gonna see more people come to faith in Jesus than we ever have. That in 2019, God, our church, the Grove Church, is gonna be a beacon of hope in our communities that, God, in 2019, we're gonna kick back the darkness we're gonna charge the gates of hell and we're gonna see many people, children and students and families put their faith in Jesus because of us, God, because of us spreading our light. And so I pray today we'd recognize there is a battle going on, but greater is he that lives in me and lives in you than he that is in the world. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Snohomish Sermon Podcast. If you want to keep up with us, like us on Facebook, Instagram, or visit our website at grove.church.